0: Okay. It happens
1: here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man it was
2: merely a two-word review, it just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last man. That right like, there is a, a logical lot of- awesome. conclusion. Welcome back to the music Coverage. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discount. I'm your host Kevin. Might recognize if you're a longtime listener that old school theme music. We, uh, as many as you know, relocated to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the land of pleasant living. And uh, when you make big changes, you tend to like look at all the other things going on and make those changes too. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it's we didn't like what we we're doing here with the theme music, but, uh, the old stuff just felt right because now we are landed in our permanent HQ. This is where we will be staying, um, until the lake rises <laughs> and devours our house. Uh, so, so, so good news, folks. We're here, we're back, and we're, we're gonna be doing this for a long time to come. Uh, on this show, the first episode of season nine, we're talking about an album that came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Chris Rosenau and Nick Sanborn, together are Rosenau and Sanborn. They put a a wonderful EP called Bluebird that is part experimental, part interactive, and part just something else that I have uh, honestly have never heard anything that quite like this or that that felt like this. But we're going to talk about that. Wes Covey is going to be on uh, to discuss that album in just a minute. And then uh, at the back end of that, we're going to be featuring a track from Daughter of Swords. We're trying to play catch up a little was an album we loved uh, she's going out on tour uh, pretty soon It might be out on tour now and uh, just wanted to get that in your ears uh, but before we get to everything I just want to make an announcement here you know part of changes and stuff that we weren't sure we were making that we are now making if you uh, if you listen to our sister podcast dead to me pod you know it's on the Osiris podcast network and what that is is Osiris connects you with podcast videos and live experiences but the artists and topic you love it's just this cornucopia for all these music lovers to get together. Uh, you can go to OsirisPod.com, check out all the shows. Uh, I mentioned Dead to Me there. Uh, it works. We work in partnership with JamBase, which connects music fans with the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. That's jambase.com. That's been around for a long time. The whole point of this, you might have heard me say we, is that we are now partnered with Osiris. Uh, RJB, the founder that used to live around the corner from our HQ, we started talking about doing this uh, many, almost a year ago now, I think, and uh, so now we're doing it. So season nine is brought to you in part by Osiris. You can go link in the show notes, see all their great shows. Always tune in to Dead to Me, which is back in season two. So big news and all that, but uh, with that out of the way, I think it's time to talk about some music here on Discal. Just gonna get you in the mood for this this fantastic album we're going to be discussing. Uh, this is Sharon uh, off of Rosanne and Sam Bourne's Blooper. Sharon from uh and, and Sanborn, that's Chris Rosenau and Nick Sanborn, uh both of other bands, which we'll talk about soon. Their new EP Bluebird, uh as you can tell it's a little ambient music, no better person to talk about this with than Wes Covey. Mr. Wes, uh I will just cut to it right now. You make this kind of music in in, in a general sense, so how's this making you feel?
1: yeah uh, I am loving this record and this is um, I had not heard of this project I had not heard of um, you know I know Nick Sanborn's name but I um, had not heard of Chris Rosen now um, mm-hmm. and so I think it was actually through a, a post of yours on Twitter or Facebook or someplace that I first saw a link and I was like oh you know that sounds cool I'll check it out and it was a single track um, and yeah right from the beginning I was kind of like unless the entire rest of this record is a, is very different from this I am going to love this thing and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I do it um, you know it brings Together, the two types of music that I do, which is acoustic guitar music and ambient music, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, so what more can I ask for than those two things done really well?
2: The and, and these guys have been like Nick. Nick is from famously like Sylvanesso. He's played in megaphone He's played in a bunch of bands, but he is um, considered by at least the kids these days to be an electronics wizard. Um, and what he does with Sylvanesso and his side project Made of Oak, Chris Rosenau is somebody that I, I met in Milwaukee through our friend Phil Cook. Uh, and he has been in collection of Colony of Bees, Volcano Choir, uh, which is sort of a Bon Iver adjacent project. And he's had this whole like history of making this type of music, but with guitars. And they would collaborated for the first time at Eau Claire. I think it was like two years ago. And it, w- it was just sort of like an improv set. They wanted to see like essentially how they can play off each other. But more so than that, I think the goal, uh, my understanding of it was to see if they could sort of play each other's instruments. So there's a lot more than, than meets the eye going on here. I mean, this is, this is a lot more than just two guys sitting in a cabin in the woods, making a bunch of noise. Uh, there's a lot of high level, like thought about the technology going into this, this stuff. And, and it, it sort of subverts or maybe evolves what both of them, I think, were doing on their own. You hear, uh, Chris's guitars go through Nick's rig and come out all scattershot. You hear though, and then same thing going on, uh, back and forth. But what is I think amazing about this this little EP, and, and I call it little, but this is for me this is like one of the biggest records of the year, is how it it connects you to a a nebulous time and place. Certainly, if you want to the time and place where they recorded it, but a time and place, and it enables you to just center. And I I, I mean I think that's what music's for. So. <laughs> I I don't know any other record that I've heard this year or in many, many years that has just fully pulled me out of my moment and let me just get get right.
1: Yeah, I mean, ambient music of any form is about creating environment. Um, It's also about kind of reflecting environment, um, I think, and that's two things that's definitely happening. There's a very, I don't know, precise is quite the right word, but there's a a certain sort of... um, emotional environment that I think is coming about as you're listening to this album, because it's using a lot of sounds from the environment in which it is recorded. Um, You know, having doors and windows open in the studio to allow in any other sounds. Um, You know, a lot of those things that that often come up in a recording that somebody says like, Oh shit, that just ruined the thing. Like that was a really good take. (laughs) And then did you hear that door creak or like, man, you shifted on your piano bench and like, otherwise it was really good. But I got that creak. you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. Um,
1: and and that happens with some albums. Um, I, I I feel like maybe I've mentioned in in a, one of the other conversations we've had, but um, Nils Fromm and the album Felt. Um, you know, he's I a, don't he's think a, I know that. yeah, you should really check it out. It's a gorgeous record. He's a piano player and composer. Um, and you know, he's done a lot of kind of electronics oriented things, but felt is a record that just, um, I, I think the deal is he was, he was practicing in his apartment and wanted to kind of, you know, uh, tamper down the sounds a little bit to not annoy his neighbors. Um, so he put felt pads, um, in between the, you know, piano oh, keys and the this. strings. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. so because he had to turn up the microphones a little bit higher for making these recordings. And so you get the piano, um, chair creak. You get his fingers on the keys, like these other sounds. And it really does add to it in a way. And this album reminds me of that in certain ways. Um, yeah. you know, well, and then I, definitely oh, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say making music is ultimately making art is a human pursuit. And, yeah. and what is devoid, I think of, of most of our music these days is that reminder. I think what yeah. was so great about Nick's project with Sylvanesso, the ongoing thing is that. It took this music that olds like me and you might be like, no, we don't dance, you know? <laughs> and, and and it took that and, and imbued it with a heart, uh, and and gave it a soul. So all of a sudden, that us dummies that just weren't hip to it can see yeah. it for what it is, and and it's something that I think this whole there Nick is and Chris is, are part of this crew in North Carolina, who uh, a lot of them have Midwest roots, um, from Wisconsin even, but they uh, they all sort of settled in uh, in Durham and Chapel Hill. And are, have built this whole scene over the past probably ten years, I think, that's just now coming to fruition, uh, and largely centered around Sylvanesso and the work that him and Amelia have done. But they keep bringing in more and more people, and and the goal is a sustainable art community, mm-hmm. and but sustainable, not just financially sustainable, but uh, spiritually sustainable. If that makes sense, this music has to mean something. Yeah. Like, why do it if it doesn't mean something?
1: Yeah, and that too often both, with you know, with with your nicely kind of, uh, you know, slightly outside what you said, knock on current popular music. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's a lot of it. I think oftentimes it's about, oh, dude, I've got this sick beat. Let's see what we can do with it. Or, you know, I've got this melodic hook. Let's see what we can do with it. Like, cool, that can be great. But if it doesn't have a deeper meaning, if there isn't some sort of purpose to it, and then too often you get it too clean, too perfect. There is no humanity in it. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, both of those things, this this feels like it has meaning while allowing a lot of space for the listener to interpret that and to put themselves into it, um, you know, become part of that environment at the same time. Um, yeah. It's definitely reflecting this, you know, period of time in these two performers life and in that, you know, individual space as well. It's a literal record. It's it's what
2: records used to be. It's that's just right. a record of this this moment that happened. Yeah, and and that's what records were supposed to be. Yeah. There's a track on here. Um, this is this the EP is only five uh, tracks long. It's thirty minutes. Um, it is. I mean, I hate to put it this, this could be like a meditation app on your iPhone that you get very easily. <laughs> like I was saying before, it takes you out of it. But uh, there's this track Saturday on here that starts very, uh, very sort of eases into it it's like it's it's sort of you hear the surroundings and everything and eventually it gets to that what you know and i think the magic of this track is that it implies so much there isn't so much as a beat going on as it is just this repetitive thing that all of a sudden and 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 when you let it your mind just goes places i want to play a little bit of that now it's it's almost an eight minute track so uh, sprawling on EP is kinda of fun, but here's a little bit of Saturday. Thank you. You know, it is a thing where you don't necessarily. You hear, I think, at the end of that one where they say, uh, "How was that?" And you're like, oh, I think I, I messed up the thing. But you know, and and you never know what's going to come after that, man. <laughs> you know, it was just the moment. But you know, y- you were saying uh, off mic that when you're making ambient music, you don't necessarily know where it's going or what's going to happen. And my question about that is, then what? <laughs> and I mean this in a good way. Then why make it? What? What what drives you, them, other people like this to, to just simply make noise?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, certainly not wanting to to speak for any other artists and, and you know, including the ones that, that we're discussing right now. But, you know, I, I mean, it is literally an experimental process. Um, you know, when I first started doing this stuff, I described it as experimental music. Um, you know, the the vocabulary changes a lot, kind of both depending on who you're talking to and um you know, maybe even like which of my recordings you're talking about, you know, that kind of thing. And the tag
2: gets used a lot. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: Right. I've had people criticize me for calling it drone music. And I'm like, dude, like I didn't come up with that term. Like, (laughs) I'm just trying to use descriptions (laughs) that might make sense to somebody else in order to try to explain to you what I do, you know. Um, But I mean, I think to one extent, though, again, I don't want to speak for any other creators. I think creators do what they do and make the art that they make for, Similar reasons, kind of, you know, regardless of what you're doing. Um, A lot of it is personal expression, um, and that can take the form of um, needing to get out the challenges, stresses, difficulties, whatever that we're all facing. Um, It can take the form of wanting to celebrate the good times and joy and things that we have in our lives. it can, I mean, it, you are trying to just express a period of time for you. And that is the interesting thing about composing this type of work. I, when I'm sitting down, you know, sometimes I will have like, oh, you know what, like I was playing my guitar earlier and I like hit this chord progression that I liked and I wanna work with that. Or sometimes it's just, right. you know, you're messing around with your guitar and you're like, oh, you know, that's a cool, like, um, you know, that's a cool sound that I just found um, on my pedal. Like I wanna use that as the basis of this track, you know? So, so sometimes there is something solid about it. Killer riff. Killer riff, you know, or just like, damn, that's a texture right there. You know, whatever yeah. it is that guides that. But then oftentimes, and what I try to do the most with my own work is to sit down and feel more than sit down and think and just kind of see where my fingers go um you know and I'll even allow that to just kind of um like do I reach over and pick up my guitar do I pick up my bass do I reach over for the keyboard you know like where am I which direction am I going in to start that with um Mm -hmm. and then Unless there is something particular that I'm either trying to express or trying to work with on that piece, the experimental part of it is quite literally just like, okay, I'm going to start playing and see what happens. And then when I finish, you know, whatever, that may be four minutes later or maybe 20, then I'm going to go back and then I'm going to put another track and play again. And then, you know, for me personally, I work with layers. Um, So that's one of the things that is, you know, if you are a minimalist musician, um, which, you know, it's interesting. My work is 10,000 Things has sometimes been described as minimalist, whereas I oftentimes think it's really more of a maximalist approach because there's a lot of layers and a lot of sounds, you know. But I mean, it's minimal in that you're not going to like – I don't know. We won't get into the whole discussion about (laughs) minimal music and heavy music. Right. right. Real definitions, I guess. But, you know, it's minimal in that there's not a ton of chord changes. There's not a ton of stuff like that necessarily, you know. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot going on in those pieces. And it's by combining and by working, you know, in my process with myself over and Mm -hmm. over and over again in this particular album um it is two people in a room you know sometimes if you got you have other proje- uh, projects that are more people or whatever you're just kind of building and seeing what happens but i think it's just all about expressing what you're feeling at that time trying to keep the intellect out of it um and see what happens as a result um and assume that what you get is going to be a slice of that moment in time
2: yeah and and i think uh that process—it's—it's it's been a long time since I made music, um, but, uh, but, but I do like pick up an instrument every day and and make a a thing, just like a killer riff, if you will, and 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 um, it it is something I think approaching mysticism, yeah, is what you're talking about without, and, and, yeah, and and I think there's, um. The fascinating thing about this record is they clearly got lost in what they were doing, mm-hmm. and then the listener clearly gets lost and and it is just like this like space of non space that's out there now that it's just it it represents sort of this perfect ideal of of i think how and why we create mm-hmm. uh that's uh i mean as much as like a musician can be brave, I think it's pretty brave to put something like that out there um and but I also don't think they really had too many expectations. Yeah, Which and that's the way the it should thing.
1: be. Right, exactly. When you are experimenting and you know, these guys clearly, even though they had played together at that festival, um yeah, they've been playing and, together and, for years. Right, sure. Yeah. They know each other, they know you know some of those things, but it's still like Again, when you're not getting together with charts, you know, if you and I sit down and we've got, you know, each in front of us, chord charts and lyrics and, you know, it says, you know, Kevin plays this part and Wes plays this part and then this is Kevin. Not my my tempo. (laughs) Exactly. And, um, you know, which which verse do you want to take the lead on and, like, you know, where can I harmonize and all that stuff? Like, that is structured in a different sort of way and I'm not criticizing or knocking that type of music at all, you know, you and I both love a lot of music that's made that way. Yep. Um, we're talking about now I mean it's, it, it is I think in some ways what links some of the music that, that you and I are both interested in, um, you know, ambient music, um, and jazz music, uh because of the improvisational aspects. Um, and I know that the first performance these two did was um as I understand it completely improvised, um and I think mm. the majority of this record was improvised even if it's Cut together and edit it afterwards. Um, I think there were a few takes of each, each of these scenes, yeah. but not not many. Not yeah. many. It was at the end. Of, my understanding now is that they were closing up the
2: studio. To oh, move okay. into a, To move to another studio. and, that, and Interesting. So that's why the okay. windows were open. Like, why? Well, yeah. Um, hmm. So, yeah. It, it just uh, – it, it doesn't sound like there was a rehearsal. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe discussion. But mm-hmm. at some point, it seemed like they just got on the same wavelength.
1: Yeah. Yeah, More and that's like where Hayden. great stuff can come from, you know. It's it's similar in some ways to the Macaya McRaven record that we talked about. In yeah, that you're talking, you're taking recordings of improvised music, and then somebody afterwards is is cutting it together and kind of reworking a little bit, and um, you know, so that's an interesting thing because it's neither improvised nor planned composed. You know, it's somewhere in between, it's some, and that's it, interesting yeah, it's somewhere. As well.
2: That's a, that's actually a really good comp, and I, I hadn't really considered that. And I think partially because we think about stuff like this well like the McCraven, McRaven we accept that as jazz mm. that's just jazz man. <laughs> you know? and, and and when somebody does this a lot of the reaction um, to people is like it's not as indie rock as I wanted it to be instead of just like settling in like yeah these might be your indie rock heroes mm-hmm. but th- that's making music in life is about a lot of different things yeah and you know, finding moments of peace is one real important one, especially uh, in, in these trying times. Yeah, and, we uh, need some peace. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not to swing it to political as we wrap this up, but like I definitely, after this past weekend, put this on. Yeah, on headphones, and yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. since we're in the new HQ, I, I laid in the tiny shack, mm. uh, and just let this sort of flow over me, and and successfully disconnected. Yeah, for
1: a while, you don't want to disconnect permanently. If, or, but, if yeah i mean we might want to we shouldn't um if if yeah. if all the good people disconnect nothing good is going to happen i think you know we can all agree yeah. on that we have to do the work but it's it's things like this that we need to take care of ourselves to the levels that that allow us to do the work that we need to do to help others yep that's something that you know has come up in in you know maybe slightly different wordings in a lot of conversations that we've had a lot of conversations you've had with other people on this show um and I think that that's something that a lot of people are aware of. That art is something that can give you the passion, the connection, mm. you know, so many different reasons that it'll help you do what you need to do. Um, and sometimes that's pumping you up to go out and you know do what you need to do. This is not that album, um, you know. It could be. It may, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, maybe uh, it is. Um, yeah, it
2: is. and I think that's that's the best. Way, thing you could say about this album or and and the best way to uh talk about what they're doing is that this is just a a giant tool in in getting that goal of taking care of yourself and and so you can do the good work mm-hmm. i think yeah. i think in making it like they th- that was taking care of themselves seeing how people react i mean that's 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 mm-hmm. their part of it but but it is uh, more so than any album like i think of in in recent memory just so interactive you're just it you know you, once you sort of lock in on this it just becomes part of your life maybe part of your daily ritual yeah and that's such a weird fucking thing to say about an album. An EP, no less. Right. <laughs> to say that, like, this thing. But, it, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of Harmony of Difference.
1: You know, I was just thinking that as you were saying that. I mean, Harmony I'm not sure that, that we've had a single conversation that we haven't talked about that album. Yeah. But it is. Well, there's a reason
2: for that. There um, is. Because yeah. that is that is vibrating on a frequency that will allow you some peace, no, yeah. no matter what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I think this is probably vibrating on that same frequency, man.
1: I can't think of anything else... I said I was literally just gonna mention how a difference when you did um and and I can't think of anything else since I heard that one that has done what this one does in terms of getting you to that place and these are two very different albums you know you're not gonna oh, yeah. you're not gonna confuse one for the other um, they're both they're both um you know I just think that they have a similar spirituality to them um they have a similar ability um to connect you to something that both soothes and heals and also inspires. Um, and that's what you know. One of the many things that great art can do.
2: Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, Bluebird, it's an EP. Rosano and Sanborn. It is out now. They are on a mini tour. I'm actually seeing them Friday, here in Milwaukee. Uh, but if you're going the hopscotch, you can like, you can catch them down there. And then uh, maybe maybe they'll they'll take around this 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 good good word. Around the country a little more uh, Thanks for hanging out Wes We're going to be back in a few short minutes to close this thing out Got a little uh, a track from Daughter of Swords Which is an album we both enjoy And, uh, and I, I don't want you all to miss that one So hang tight all right. <laughs> Rosanelle and Sanborn's Bluebird is out now. Get it. It's limited edition vinyl. Uh, you can get it from Psychic Hotline. They're doing great work out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, handling all the stuff like Phil Cook, uh, Dead Tongues. They're fantastic, as is Rosanelle and Sanborn. They're doing a little tour, as I mentioned. Uh, they're playing here in Milwaukee. I guess this will be Monday. So they would have played on on Friday, and I'll, I'll report back on how that went, but I expect it to be amazing. But you can see them out, I think, at Hopscotch. There's a few other dates that they're going to be bringing this around. Uh, regardless, get get the album because it's astounding. You need it. You deserve it. Another thing you deserve right now is to hear a track uh, from Alexandra Saucer. Monig's uh, new album under the name Daughter of Swords. She is one third of Mountain Men. She is an amazing singer. She is an amazing writer. She is part of this North Carolina collective that we have spoken of. I uh, live down there. Everybody sort of relocated down there. This album, uh, Dawnbreaker, has all the people that are in this group. It has Phil Cook playing on it, Ryan Gustafson, Dead Tongues playing on it, Mari Saul from Mountain Man, Amelia Meath from Mountain Man. And it is just a, a, a nice, nice, heartbreaking little piece of, of life and, and such a, a masterful and mature look at relationships that uh, it's, it's one of the best albums of the year. And I'm sure we're gonna be talking about it more that's why we're not doing the full episode on right now but I wanted you to hear a track and so what we're gonna do is play a track for you this is human uh, this is my favorite track off the album and uh this is daughter of swords
0: I saw you sleep softly
2: Daughter of Swords Dawnbreaker is available everywhere you can buy a fine record. She is out on tour right now. Uh, She's doing some mountain mandates, but she's going to be bringing Daughter of Swords. I know in D.C., if you're listening, that she's going to be coming to Songbird. Go to that show. Uh, I don't think she's coming to Milwaukee, but she's she's going to be around. I I predict uh, the tour is going to expand a little as this album is, uh, as the kids say. Fucking excellent. Uh, That is it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, hit us up on the socials. We are a Chunky Glasses production. That is chunkyglasses.com. Out there at at Chunky Glasses on Twitter and Instagram, uh, where you will see not only this, not only uh, Dead to Me pod, but you're going to be seeing all the work of Mauricio Castro and his live team. In DC and some of me, I'm back out shooting, uh covering live music uh, across our nation, and uh and I, I mean to tell you, uh, these people are some of the best in the business. I am proud to work with them. So if you haven't checked that out, Chunkyglasses.com. We're also on Facebook, and always thanks to Osiris. Uh, good to be good to be hanging out with friends, man. Good, we've done this for our own for for a really really long time, and, and I think doing it together. And, uh, and getting through life together is, is what it's all about. So uh, so that's it. We're out of here. We'll be back in a few short days. Take care of yourselves, kids. Be safe. And uh, try to listen to some good music. Okay.
0: I still Kenobi!